It's so good to be in his house tonight. And several weeks ago when Randy asked me to do this devotion, um, immediately the Lord spoke to my heart, which is not normal because usually I'm at the, the last minute and the Lord and telling me what I need to speak on. But during the weeks, you know, I've, I've kind of argued with the Lord. Lord, I'd really like to do this. You know, I think this would be better. And uh, he kept, keep, kept bringing this back to me. And while Jeff was singing, I had to laugh because the song that he sung is exactly, I'm going to talk about God's love tonight. And, you know, God really does know what's best. <laughs> uh, so, I, and also last night I had woke up in the middle of the night and I'm praying over myself and, and the words that, that I'm going to speak. And Lord, I asked him, Lord, to, to anoint me, to guard my mouth. Um, and the words that I speak, let them be of him. My mind helped me not to be distracted and my ears to hear his direction. And I know this word is for someone here tonight. Um, and I want to start out with a question to you. I want to ask you, when you look closely in a mirror, what reflection do you see? Most of us don't like to look into mirrors. <laughs> <laughs> but if we do, and if we're honest and really speak the truth, if you're like myself, I would have to admit that any time that I look in the mirror, that there's more negative coming out of my mouth rather than positive. And that I really don't want to look closely in that mirror for a long period of time. So... Let me tell you, I'm going to be very open and honest with you tonight about some things. And the Lord has been, that's one of the things that the Lord has been working on me with is being able to be open and to share. Um, I was not raised in a family. If you went through things, you don't talk about it. You move on. You deal with it. You know, it, but with what God's calling me to do, he's calling me to open up and to share my testimony in my life so that others can be healed. Um, so when I looked in that mirror, and some of you might be surprised by this because you see me up here singing, you think that I'm this confident person, in, um, and which is actually not the case. I'm, I'm a very shy person. In reality, my husband makes the voice in the family. He is the talker. And so we balance each other out. Um, but when I looked in this mirror, what I seen was pain. I seen hurt. I seen failure. I seen low self-esteem. I seen hopelessness. And often, I had no clue of who I was looking at in that mirror. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, But we have all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. So what does that verse mean? It means that the mirror that it's speaking of is a reflection of, and looking into it, 
We reflect what we behold, and if we are in Christ, then what we should be is a reflection of him. It was hard, and it's been a hard road for me, but I've had to change the perception of myself. When I, especially looking at myself, I've seen the negative, spoke more negative words over my life than positive words. And I needed to realize who I was in Christ. So tonight I want to talk to you about not only Christ's love, but I want to talk to you about who are you in Christ. Um, The picture that you see right here, I brought this from my home, and it has great sentimental value to me because this picture was given to me. It's a picture of the woman of the well um, by my mother after she passed away. She had a vivid dream, and my mother in her last years of living had dreams and had visions that she didn't understand, and they scared her. And I tried to direct her to to people to talk to and and to tell uh, her that the Lord was trying to speak to her and to not be fearful of it. So in the fourth chapter of John, you will find the story of the woman in the well. The dream that my mom had was so real to her that she was compelled to go on the internet to find the exact vision in this dream as close as she could find, and this is what she purchased right here. She connected with this woman's story, and God wanted to speak to her. So let me give you some facts about this Samaritan woman. She was of a mixed race due to intermarriages, and the Jews utterly despised the Samaritans at that time. And in fact, Samaria, Samaria was a place that most people would take the long way around and avoid going through that city. This particular woman had an encounter with Jesus in this passage in John 4. She was an outcast. She was looked down upon by her own people. She was ostracized. She was marked as immoral being unmarried and living openly with the sixth in a series of men. This was evident since she came alone to the well this day. And during biblical times, drawing water and chatting at the well was the social event or a high point of a woman's day. So what do you think that this woman's reflection was of herself? I'm sure she took on the perceptions that others had of her. Maybe she said to herself, I'm useless, I'm trash, there's no hope for me, or just resigning to the fact that her life didn't matter and she did not deserve any better. And this is how her life was supposed to be. It became normal to her. Maybe she even became hard and callous just to protect herself. 
So on this particular day, Jesus did something out of the ordinary. Instead of avoiding the Samaritan territory like others on his journey, he did not hesitate, hesitate to go straight through the heart of the city. Jesus was weary, he was tired, so he sat down at this well. And as the woman came to draw water from the well, he began to have a conversation with her. The woman was surprised when Jesus asked her for a drink of water. She was also surprised by the fact that Jesus already knew many details of her life. Jesus ministering to this woman, an outcast in Jewish society, revealed that all people are valuable to God. This also teaches us that God loves us in spite of our mistakes and despite of our sin. God values us enough to seek us and to welcome us into relationship with him. And it isn't just, isn't it just like God to use this woman of no worth to others to be a witness and testify of Jesus, and then because of her testimony, many of the Samaritans became believers. I told you about this picture that my mother had to find in her dream. So let me give you a little history about my mother. She became pregnant with me in high school during a period of time that was not appropriate. She was ostracized, and excuse me if I get emotional about this. She was ostracized. She felt worthless. She felt alone. She felt abandoned, and she felt fearful. It was this event in her life that led her to make more wrong choices. Living in an emotional and physical abusive marriage all of my childhood giving up on God, and giving up on church. God used this story and the picture in the final year of her life to speak to her of God's love. It became clear to me that this woman at the well was a reflection of herself. But just as the woman at the well, my mother had an encounter with God before she passed away, she rededicated her life to the Lord before she passed away. Despite her past, despite her mistakes, and despite people's perceptions of her, she realized that what counted was God's opinion, and he loved her despite it all. So let me ask you, whether you are a male or whether you are a female, are you living by who God says you are or by your own or maybe others' perceptions of you? I read something from a book that I copied, and I came across this the other day, and I want to read this because it has a great message about who we are in Christ. It was about how the owners of a Famous race horses determine the ones that will be champions. Champion horses have generation after generation of winners on the inside of them. 
Their bloodline has been carefully studied and bred for years. The bloodstock agent has been examined to see how the horse's father has fared as a racer, the length of his stride, and how fast he could run, and uh, his size, among other things. So breeders understand that winners do not randomly happen. Winning is in the blood. At birth, these horses may seem weak and being barely able to stand. Some may think they look average or ordinary, but the owners know that on the inside, their blood... The cult has a legacy of championship genes. This is how God looks at you and me. Our external appearance does not matter. It is of no importance how weak we seem or the flaws that we may have. We have the DNA of God, and we come from a long line of champions we have a natural bloodline flowing from our parents, from our grandparents, from our great-grandparents, but we also have a spiritual bloodline that can override our natural bloodline. The Word of God talks about all things becoming new, and the old things are passed away. In other words, we have entered a new bloodline. When you really understand all God has done for us and begin to believe and act on it, then we can rise up in any adversity, and there is power in the spiritual bloodline. We must remember God's power does not stop at the cross or the grave, and as heirs, the power of his resurrection has been passed down to believers. God has passed his authority to us in his kingdom here on earth. So I ask you to consider these things. Moses parted the Red Sea. There's great faith in our bloodline. David a shepherd boy defeateth Goliath with a few pebbles. There's courage in our bloodline. Samson destroyed a building. There's supernatural strength in your bloodline. Daniel spent an entire night in a lion's den without harm. And there's divine protection in your bloodline. Do you really understand? You come from a bloodline of champions. You are not ordinary. It does not matter what your present condition looks like. You need to know that inside of you flows the blood of a winner, the blood of a king. We are not perfect. I am not perfect. We all make mistakes. We all have weaknesses. We all have failed. But that does not change our value in God's eyes. Praise the Lord. We are still his prized possession. So here's some scripture regarding that. You are a partaker. Hebrews 3, 14, for we have become partakers, participants, associates, sharers, partners of Christ. We are a light of the world, Matthew 5 and 14. You are a light of the world, a city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. You 
are his workmanship. Ephesians 2 and 10. You're a product. You're a design. You're created by Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand. And let me tell you, not one of us have the same, the same hair follicles, retinas, or thumbprints. So despite what you think, he also has a plan for you. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and to give you hope. God has a plan and a purpose for us, and we are created to fulfill it. So let me tell you, you are not unworthy, you are not inadequate, and you are not insignificant. We should never be pleased to dwell on a level of existence lower than what God has made possible to dwell. We should strive to be the best that we can be and to reach the highest levels we can reach. And to do less is to be unfaithful stewards of the life that God has entrusted to us. So I want you all to start making your way toward the altar tonight and as you come and gather around the altar I would like for you to be honest and ask yourself the question do you know who you are in Christ <laughs>